Welcome, everyone, to the Wild Will Throwdown, episode number 16. I'm your host, Will Greenwell, like always, and, of course, the contributor of the show and my best bud, Mr. Hawk Carrot Adams. Hawk, here we go. Another weekend completed. I know it sounds like a broken record. These weekends keep flying by, but here we are. How are we feeling? What a weekend of racing. Yeah, another great weekend uh, of racing in the summer of uh, hot July. You know, that's just the way it is. Uh, we always talk about the weather's always doing something. There's always a chance of rain around. At least we don't have to worry about it being cold this time of year. Uh, you know, but we deal with the heat. That's just the way it is. I don't mind that at all. And uh, But, yeah, we got in all of our races, I believe, that we were following this weekend. So uh, we're going to be going over that here in a little bit. And uh, we'll see what happens here also coming up uh, this coming weekend also. Yeah, and, you know, we get into that. Of course, we're all tired. Here we are Tuesday. It goes by fast. But, uh, you know, great weekends of racing no matter where you were in the country. Of course, now, here we go, Hawk. Another weekend of some places having to deal with the M word, and that's Mother Nature. And uh, hard to believe, but uh, I know the Indianapolis area, that front was kind of taking care of the north a little bit, if you will, but uh, it was moving very fast in the eastward direction as we saw Sunday morning. It really started to show. Yeah, you're right there. Uh, we did have some problems with uh, what we wanted to do on Sunday, as you, as you was talking about. Uh, we got in our uh, racing that we was following there on Saturday. Of course, me and Will was going to go to Mount Lawn Speedway there in Newcastle for the big Rain Tree 100 on Sunday, of course, uh, they had heavy, heavy downpours coming through there and wiped it out. So there was no chance of raining, uh, racing on that deal. But uh, they are rescheduling for this coming Sunday. And, of course, guess what? There's a chance of rain on that day, too. But surely two, day, two weekends in a row we can't get rained out up there. So we're looking positive that we can get it in. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you talk about that, and the reason that they can't run mainly, because it floods up there. I mean, if you've never been to Mount Lawn Speedway, it's really pretty interesting. It's a beautiful, beautiful countryside. You know, we talk about the Sunday in the countries all the time. And, uh, I mean, it's just a beautiful place. I mean, you could look, if you're sitting on the grandstand side, the main grandstands, you look across and you can see a little bit of lake. But with lakes, most lakes, there's always a creek that runs into those lakes. And guess what? That creek goes right through Mount Lawn's driveway to the pit entrance. It's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, it's real scenic and everything. It's real nice whenever the weather's real nice. But never, like I say, when it rains, uh, it's kind of low lying there in the pit area, too, and everything. It really floods out. gets real swampy. So whenever it rains, it's a pretty good bet that they're not going to get anything in. So hopefully... You know, it stays dry this weekend. We get in a good uh, good show. So my question is, here we are another week that's done. Have the Seahawks announced a quarterback yet? Because <laughs> we're, we're waiting each week. Here we go. Uh, no, I think all right now we're just going to stick with Drew Locke. Like I said before, uh, he'll probably be the MVP of the league this year, surprising people. So uh, I think I'm, I'm, we're going to go with that, and we'll see where, see where we head up. And we may not win the Super Bowl, but uh, – you know, uh, I think uh, he'll be fine. I actually was in brown country, I hate to say that, over the weekend. And we'll get to that on why I was up there here in a little bit. But, uh, man, those people up there are rough. I, some of them like Deshaun's, so give them another chance. Some of them don't. They're like, oh, why we have to get why we have to get this quarterback? We'll see what he can do with him. 
Yeah, I mean everybody has a fan base that's pretty critical, but yeah, they're pretty they're pretty hardcore up there, that's for sure. And uh, you know, I've been uh, up there to Cleveland before watching Seattle up there at uh, Cleveland Stadium and uh, we weren't treated very well, but uh, you know, uh, that's just the way it goes, I guess, but we did survive it just barely. Anywho, well, on our show today, we got a big show going on. You know, we don't have a guest today. Uh, we decided a lot of people were kind of um, busy this weekend, so we're not having a guest. We come back next week with another special guest here on the Wild Bull Throwdown. But kind of just um, an easier episode here today for us to talk a little bit of racing. But now we have the Diesel Boys topic of the week. And this week's topic, like last week's was announcers, Hawk Carroll Adams, this week's episode is going to be flags. Racing competition flags, that is. Now, the reason I bring this up is a very valid thing. Most tracks go by the same flag format, I guess you could say. But some tracks, some flags may not mean the same thing. Now, for example, you can do a lot of things with the white flag. At Painesville, when those cars have one lap till green, they throw the white flag. Um, We've seen that at some tracks. Uh, obviously, the white flag signifies to everyone one lap to go. Uh, then you have that very interesting flag, the yellow stripe and the blue, meaning get over, the la- the traffic's coming, the lead lap traffic's coming. Some tracks throw it, some tracks don't let those cars know. I'm not a fan of that. I don't like that flag. That's just my belief. I don't think you should let the leader know where the lap traffic is or excuse me the lap traffic know where the leader is because guess what they're trying to stay on the lead lap or they're trying to keep it from going yet another lap down that's just my view of it yeah i understand uh what you're saying there on that you could look at it that way i kind of look at it a little differently i look at it as far as you're just letting those lap cars know that the leaders are coming up on you that way they can decide what they want to do. They can get in the way if they want to, or they can get out of the way. Most likely the track is using it, though, and the flagman is using it to kind of tell them to move over. Because a lot of people call it that, the move over flag. But I like to look at it as far as like, hey, you know, you're, you're letting them know those guys are on top of you. Maybe they don't realize it. Maybe they're kind of in a battle with a, another car there racing for their position. And if they see that flag, they're like, oh, hey, the leaders are here. You know, I don't want to get in their way. Maybe I go higher, or at least they know that they're there, and maybe it can avoid uh, some disaster there. Yeah, a lot of different opinions on that flag. Of course, many flags meaning different things. Uh, but then you, of course, have the yellow flag meaning caution flag. Here we go. Let's talk about this flag for a moment because Speedrome and many other tracks alike, and we covered this in the drivers' meeting at Painesville Speedway during the Figure Eight Nationals. Excuse me, the World Figure Eight Tour. Uh, you know, those drivers elected not to do the speed drum rule. Uh, what the speed drum rule is, is basically there's an incident, non-major, at that time around the racetrack, and the yellow flag comes out. These guys are still racing. So the laps are still counting. The guys are still running their hardest. But the race is not stopped. Obviously, if the guy is stalled there or stalled there in harm's way, or cannot get moving, they throw the red flag. Red flag also, everyone knows, means stop. The laps then cease. Other tracks, yellow flag means they slow down. Laps don't count. They keep going. Now, we're not talking NASCAR or anything like that because laps do count under yellow. But that is the yellow flag versus the yellow flag roll at Speedrome. 
Yeah, I guess they call that the speed room yellow or speed room caution or whatever. Uh, it's a very interesting that they use that in this this modern day era of racing because uh, everybody is very cautious nowadays. I mean, most tracks you go to, I expect to see the caution come out for everything. Now, it, of course, that makes for a long night. And me being kind of old school, when I was younger, you know, back in the day in the 70s when I was watching stuff when I was little, uh, being brought up at sports drome and speed drome, that's the way they did it back then. They didn't even throw a caution. They just, it stayed green. Stuff was going on all over the place. Tracks, uh, cars sitting all over the track. Through the years, though, they got a little bit more on safety. Insurance uh, kind of didn't, you know, they kind of frowned on that. So they wanted to keep things safer and safer. But I understand what speed drill's doing up there as far as that goes because they're always having cars spin out and stuff. They'd be there all night. And uh, so if it's not too dangerous of a situation, it's interesting that they throw the yellow and everybody knows there's something going on somewhere around the track. So be aware of that situation. Then they'll go back to green when it clears up. Of course, you said they go to red if it's something really major. But, yeah, that's the way it was back in the day. I think up until uh, about 1975 or 1976 is when they kind of did away with that. And the insurance uh, started cracking down on that, saying, hey, we need to be safer about this, and so there was a little bit more emphasis on safety. Yeah, no doubt. And then, of course, you talk about the other flags, just to throw them out there. Checker flag obviously means you finished, you won the race. Black flags, we see a lot of drivers sometimes not pay attention to those flags, but we all know what the black flag means. Something is going on, one you did something illegally you weren't supposed to, and they're black flagging you. More common, you see something going on with the car. Oil, fuel, smoking, uh, a part that's dragging, something of that nature. But bottom line, that black flag says get off the track, if you will. Um, so, you know, we see that a lot. Then, of course, you have the other flags. The green means go and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, let's talk about the spectacle of not just the flag. Let's talk about the spectacle of the flag men. Because we travel to a lot of racetracks all over the U.S. And... You know, you take Bruce Harper, for example. You take Josh Turner, example. Uh, you, you see a lot of different ones, and it's called, quote-unquote, putting on a show. Now, I look at it like this. We are part of the show. Whether you're race control, whether you are a flagman, whether you are an announcer, whether you are a pit steward, whether you are a driver, whether you are a fan, we put it on for that fan. Now... Example given, race control can be looked at, to me, like behind the scenes, they're your camera men, right? So, like, they're your uh, the lighting camera men. They're up there in that little station. They, they do the behind-the-scenes stuff that the fans really can't see to make sure everything runs smoothly. Uh, I, of course, an announcer, are entertaining the people by giving them the information they need, um, whoever's with me and my partner for commentary, they are like the uh, the guy that goes out and has fun, interacts. We all put it on together. The racers, obviously, their main attraction, they race. But the flagman, let's, let's look at Josh Turner, for example. Josh Turner goes above and beyond. And you and I were talking about this before we started the show today, that uh, driver introductions took place at Sports Trump Speedway. And uh, talk a little bit about what he did to make it uh, kind of more exciting, if you will. Yeah, it adds a little bit more of a flair to it. Uh, I was, yeah, we was talking here a little bit earlier, me and Will, 
uh, something he likes to do is during driver introduction, where they have the, the guys come out of the car and they stand there and take a picture, then they introduce them one by one, they go to their car. And a lot of times you kind of don't know who 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 is who. You like to see the drivers, you know. But he'll stand over by the car of the driver being introduced, and he'll wave the checkered flag over the car like, here's the car, the driver that's being introduced right now. And I think it's just kind of a cool thing, you know. I've never seen that done too much, so I, I think that's a neat thing right there. And plus, you know, like you said, it is all a show, entertainment, and that's really the one of the main things other than the racing that kids look at. They're kind of in some reason they're in awe of the flagman. They think it's a neat thing. And uh, so when the flagman does all these flashy things and interesting things and the way they do things, the way they flag, the, you know, the race and everything and twist around and whatever, all that is 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 really cool. And you know, I can see how the kids were really like that. And uh, as you say, you know, everybody's there to be entertained, and uh, they are part of the show. Yep, so that was the Diesel Boys topic of the day, and we like doing those topics each week. Just to dive into a little more in detail about different things. Last week was announcers, this week will be flags, next week will be something else. But uh, that is exactly what it is. So, uh, guys, when we come back, we're going to be talking about some of the results around the area this past weekend of July. Welcome back to the Wild Wheel Throwdown, Episode 16, Part 2. Let's kick it off. Brownstown Speedway. The Indiana Late Model Series Pro Late Models. Tyler Collins in that number 11 U.S. Air Force Modifieds. Derek Groomer picked up the win. Superstocks. Of course, the Peter Hall Superstocks. Tucker Chastain picked up that win. And a guy who is familiar with Victory Lane, Dustin Carr, picked up the Pure Stock win. And I can give you guys one guess who won the Hornets, the Canes Tree Service Hornets. That was Michael Brewer, adding another win to the win column here in 2022 for that young man. So Hawk Harrod Adams was down a little bit south of there at the Jeffersonville Sportstrom Speedway. And uh, Hawk, what happened down there? Sportstrom had uh, Bud Light Mania night for the modified figure eight. Twin 45s, they run two separate races, combined them for an overall. And uh, fast qualifier zero, Matt Johnson, started on the pole with the first one. He ended up winning that one with uh, Buddy Vertry second, Robbie Greenwell second, or excuse me, third in the second 45 lapper. It was Dale Shelton winning that one, Mike Berry second, Matt Johnson third. So overall, Matt Johnson had the better points gaining a first and a third for four points. So Matt Johnson was the overall winner. Dale Shelton was overall second. Gerald Poe, overall third. Now, I had my uh, race eight pro front-wheel drives in action on the oval and the figure eight this time. Uh, we had a couple dashes, no heats. Uh, first dash was for uh, more or less the faster group of cars of drivers that have not won a race this season. Uh, winning that one was the 93 Callie Whitsett, winning her first uh, victory in the Race 8 Series. The second dash was for more or less the second half of cars of drivers who have not won yet this season. It was 33 Caden Cook, a uh, young man moving up from the Young Gun front-wheel drive division, gaining the dash win there. And in the 25-lap oval feature, 
Once again, Callie Whitsett taking home the victory there in her first feature win uh, in the Race 8 front-wheel drive oval series, uh, holding off uh, L.J. Crane and Jamie Beerman, second and third. In the figure eight feature, it was uh, John Franzel picking up his first figure eight feature of his career, holding off Nick Cooper, Nick Cooper getting second, and finishing third was the 56 of Dean Riley. Moving on to the affordable Fords, uh, they run four heat races. Uh, winners were Jody Stewart, Joe Wilhoyt, David Ross, and Peyton Whitsett. In the first feature, uh, speaking of Joe Wilhoyt, he actually on the first lap ran up on the wall, got up on his top, slid down the back stretch. Somehow or other, everybody avoided him. This was on lap one. He was on the front row. So somehow or other, 20 other cars got around him, uh, avoided him, not too much other damage. They actually flipped that car back over. We talked about how tough them Ford Crown Vicks are. They flipped that car back over, kind of cleaned it up a little bit real quick, fired it up, and it, it, it ran. He got back in there, but he had to drop out after a few laps. They said uh, something broke on that car, but uh, that shows you how tough them Fords are. But uh, ended up winning the first feature. They had two features for the Ford Ovals. The uh, 164 of Derek Smith taking home the victory. And uh, unofficially second was uh, Jamie Harbin and third Billy Hines. But I understood after the races, uh, post-race inspection, the 67 of Jamie Harbin was disqualified for uh, Springs. So that moved Billy Hines up to second. AJC will get third. In that second 25-lap feature, winning his first career feature ever in the 15 was Gary Edwards. Gary Edwards with a strong run after having some really bad luck getting in the wrecks and what have you all year basically. Really haven't even been able to see what he's got. And he he had a good starting spot I think first or second row and he took off and he was gone so uh, good run for that young man. We'll see how he does the rest of the year. Michael Wayne second Joshua Crest third uh, in the Ford figure eight portion uh, heat winners were Robert Durham and Ricky Puckett. And winning the feature was his first feature win ever also in the X46, Robert Durham. Winning the heat race and the feature, picking up his first victory ever. And uh, AGC uh, was second. Jacob Robertson finishing third, round out your top three there. So there you have it on a Twin 45's night at the Sportsdrome. Thank you so much, Harold Adams, and I appreciate that. Also competing this past weekend was Richmond Raceway in Richmond, Kentucky. Josh Rice from Verona, Kentucky picked up that super late model win. And then, of course, a place that I was this past weekend, the beautiful Painesville Speedway. Race 5 of the World Figure 8 Tour, $5,000 going to the winner, beating a record purse for them this year. This being the second annual. Uh, it was a World Tour points race, the top three. Third place went to Ben Tunney. Second place went to Artie Beware. And first place, finally getting the bad luck off his back, Mr. Mark Tunney. Mark and I had a long talk. You know, he's very happy that he got this win, got this bad luck off his. Now, a lot of people don't know this. I've talked about it to the crowd there at Painesville. But actually, Friday night in practice, uh, Mark actually lost a rear end. Um, he had about three crew members, counting his father, Bruce, there with him. They decided to, you know what, we're not we came this far, we're not gonna give up. They drove five and a half, six hours back home that night, worked on all the car stuff that night, got up early on Saturday morning, drove six hours back for practice in the race, 
You could tell they were wore out. But it paid off. 100 laps, 200 times through the crossover. Mark Tunney finally gets his win in 2022. He told me he's very well looking forward to the three-hour world championship this year. Uh, but don't forget, Hawk Harold Adams, there's a new date for the Midwestern this year, and that's August 20th. How about that? Yeah, they did uh, change some things around here. They did move that from October 1st to October or August 20th. And you're right about Mark Tunney getting that monkey off his back. I think everybody else should be pretty scared about that because now he's got his confidence back. There, things seem to go uh, uh, in circles, so uh, he's had some bad luck for a while. So now the good luck's probably going to come along, and uh, I think that's bad news for his competition. Yeah, no doubt. And let me tell you something. Painesville Speedway, I've never heard all of the drivers. They said that was one of the best crowds they have ever seen, more energetic than not. When I did the three-wide salute on Saturday night, of course, I got excited. You know how I do the parade laps. But, man, those crowd, they were on their feet. They had their phones. You could see it out the window of the press box. They had their lights on their phone. It was so incredible to see this. And for those fans to thrive on one of the outlaws, late model figure eight cars, whatever you want to call them, back up there, that's pretty impressive. Mark Tunney, I even seen a comment earlier today on one of the posts Let's not wait to next year. We don't have nothing after the three-hour. Let's do it in the fall. Don't tell Randy Maggio an idea because guess what? He will do it. Yeah, it's interesting. You talk about the crowd up there being excited. You know, sometimes it makes you sit back and think about it. I mean, those people love figure eight up there. They have the Iron Man. They have the old school. And in the past, you know, they've run some uh, front-wheel drive figure eight, street stocks, whatever. They've never had a outlaw late model or modified type figure eight division regularly up there and as much as they love figure eight so whenever the outlaws come up like last year and this year i mean it's like nascar coming up there to them i mean it's like wow you know they just love it and you can see the the you know the reaction they have and the way that they they love the drivers and they love watching it so it's really cool to think about how great it is and it makes you uh appreciate you know, what we have in our area here with all the great figure eight divisions. Well, also think about something here. That, uh, between the two tracks, Lorraine, and I'm sure Randy will agree with me, between those two tracks, Lorraine and Painesville, that crowd sold out. I'm telling you, sold out. There was a picture that I posted on social media of the parking lot. Do you see how beautiful that parking lot was with a full crowd? You couldn't have no more spots? I mean, that's saying something because I know some shows up there, they don't really sell out. I'm going to say this is the best crowd they've had all year between both places. It's that amazing. And those people up there thrive on the Outlaws. And I cannot wait till we bring them back up there and to be a part of it again because it's so incredible. But that's not the only thing they had up there. Now, mind you... The World Figure 8 Tour race was the race number one of the night, feature-wise. Well, let me retract what I just said. Ace Racing League was the first one they they had up there, and it was 12-lap feature, another beginning division of Mustangs and stuff like that. But after the World Figure 8 Tour event, those people stayed until the very end. Kenny Bender Jr., first time ever in a Figure 8 car, picked up the win in the Ironman on dry, I should say. They usually compete on wet with those cars. Awesome young man. Did everything right. Um, and then you go to old school. 
This guy used to race up there, but he drove all the way from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, to compete, and he picked up the win. Chad Davis, number 15. Didn't get the guy's name who won the trailer race, but I can tell you, Harold, this race reminded me dead up like Rockford. It was last man standing. This one guy went all the way through a camper. Everybody was up. Everybody was excited. It was wild. Yeah, I can imagine. We've seen those uh, highlights and everything uh, on uh, YouTube and and Facebook and what have you. Some of those wild things. Rockford Speedway, you know, it comes to mind. They have a wild one. We've seen some different ones. And it sounds like that's what they put on up there. You know, Randy uh, went all out, I guess you could say, to make that a good show. I'm sure. I'm really glad that that uh, show really went well and everybody had a good time. And and, uh, I believe the name of the guy who won that trailer race was Alan Filkins. Or something like that. I know he's won a lot of races up there. I think he drives some front wheel drive up there and everything. So he was the the survivor of the uh, of the mess up there. I don't see how he did it, but uh, I don't see how anybody could survive that. But uh, yeah, that's a pretty interesting there thing there too. One more thing I want to mention real quick too. Uh, Being as we're talking about all these great figure eight events all weekend, we had. Uh, I also want to give a shout-out up there to Washington State. Them guys way up there in the Pacific Northwest at Evergreen Speedway had the Figure 8 Nationals. They had three big Figure 8 races for their three divisions of Figure 8. So there was a big weekend in Figure 8 across the country. Uh, So I want to give a shout-out to those guys up there at Evergreen. Ricky Dietz, which a lot of people know uh, in the Outlaws, he won the... uh, Outlaw Figure 8 feature up there. He's run the 3R a few times. And the Super Stock Figure 8, it was Steve Cox. And then the uh, Stinger 8s, as they call them, their front-wheel drive Figure 8, Bryce Kohler was a winner there. So congratulations to those guys. And uh, it's great to see uh, Washington State up there, Evergreen Speedway, keeping Figure 8 racing alive and well. Yeah, no doubt. And like I do every show that I announce, I talk about different tracks and different events and we talked a little bit about my trip to Colorado. I was going to be up there in Denver in September. Very excited to go up there and uh, enjoy some outlaw figure eight racing. But uh, the point that I do that is to show these people there are other places that they compete. And you wouldn't believe how many people came up to me and said, there's more figure eight tracks than Sportstrom, Indy, and us. Yeah, there is. Um, there are. Uh, because back in the day, figure eight racing was popular. Uh, you had Speedrome, um, Sportsdrome, Painesville, Lake County Speedway, that was. Um, you had uh, Flat Rock. You have Evergreen in Washington. You have Den- or Colorado National Speedway in Denver, Florida. Yep, Showtime. You have Auburndale, uh, Citrus. Mark Tunney went and practiced last year when he went home. Um y- it's amazing. Maine, New York, I think Riverhead, is that correct? Yep. Uh, Riverhead, I mean, there there are figure eight tracks out there. Um, a lot of people just don't utilize it a lot these days. But um, let's talk about, a little bit about the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Car Series. July the 14th, they were at I-70 Speedway. Hudson O'Neill picked up that win. July 15th, they then went to Tri-City Speedway over in uh, Illinois, right across from St. Louis. Hudson O'Neill picked up another win. Then they headed to the Lucas Oil Speedway for the Diamond Nationals, where Stormy Scott from La Cross, uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico, he picked up that win. A little bit about NASCAR this weekend. Christopher Bell, the 14th different winner of 2022 at Loudoun, New Hampshire, picked up that win. 
just so so many much so much racing over the past weekend hawk and uh coming up next we're gonna kind of preview the upcoming schedule we have two more weekends technically of july we have i think five weekends in this month uh of course we start it in the second and third and then we end with the 30th uh, and 31st so uh pretty incredible that we're almost done so when we come back we'll have part three it's going to be the upcoming schedule for this weekend Welcome back, everyone, to the Wild Will Throwdown, episode number 16. We just want to start out before we end this uh, last segment with thanking each and every one of you for a lot of downloads and listening to us. And uh, we just love racing, want to get the information out of there. But, uh, man, uh, this season is passing super quick because we are over the halfway point now. And, um, you know, we didn't think after how this two years has went, uh, we didn't think we'd keep going like this, so uh, we want to thank all of our listeners, and we appreciate you guys 100%. Uh, so let's talk about a little bit of what's coming up here now, this weekend. I'll be back at my home track, Salem Speedway, uh, for this Saturday, the 23rd's program. Of course, the Great American Stocks, 50 Lapper, the Wilcox Towing and Trucking Scrapper Division will be back on hand, the MR Heating and Air Ford Division, and White's Auto Sales Late Models. Uh, they will be in action this Saturday night, so we're excited for that one up at Salem Speedway. Uh, of course, now, we don't race every weekend at Salem Speedway, uh, which gives me an opportunity to go out in different tracks and different events, too, and uh, that's what I really enjoy about it. Um, but, uh, yep, this weekend at Salem Speedway, we will be back on the air, if you will. But uh, I know uh, down at Sportstrom Speedway, uh, I really haven't looked at the schedule down there. What do you guys have? Uh, regular weekly race and series show going on with the affordable Fords on the oval and figure eight. The ICA Dumpster Sportsman Division will be back after a week off, and the Kentucky and Tankwash Modified Figure Eight Division back in action. Then, of course, we go to Paragon Speedway. They're having 410 Sprint cars, Super Stocks, Modified Bombers, and Hornets up there. Richmond Raceway this Friday night, yes, Friday night, the 22nd. We'll be having the driver and crew appreciation night that got rained out. 7 p.m. start time, $25 adult pit passes. On tap is the Sonic Pro Late Models, 1,000 to win. The Eagle Finance UMP Modifieds, 1,000 to win. The KDRA Superstock, 750 to win. The Bluegrass Ace Hardware Hornets, 300 to win up there at Richmond Raceway. Lawrenceburg Speedway going to have the USAC Indiana Sprint Week, and this reminds me we forgot Circle City. We'll talk a little bit about that here. Racing is the USAC Sprint Cars and Modifieds. Um, also, what we were going to talk about there is Circle City is racing Monday night. Yes, Monday night. Of course, Indiana is huge in the Sprint Car. I call it the Sprint Car Capital of the World. Um, they're going to have Sprint Week at Circle City Raceway Monday night with the USAC Amsoil Sprint Car Series and the Modifieds up there as well. So uh, make sure you head on and support those tracks. But also, Speedrome is competing on Friday and Saturday. Friday, of course, they ran out reschedule. Uh, that's going to be the mini late model, oval and figure eight, junior fast carts, adult fast carts, legends, Ford oval and Ford figure eight. And then Saturday night, another big one as the late model figure eights return. It's going to be Harf Night, who's your auto racing fans night, 50 lap figure eight. Street Stocks, Factory Front Wheel Drive, Chip, Brannon Memorial, 44, Legends, and Bike Races, ages 6 to 7. Hawkeye, you know, we talk a little bit about this. 
Last, I mean, we're coming up on the last weekend of July. I mean, this is not officially the last weekend of July, but this these months are just flying by. Yeah, well, you know what they say, uh, time flies when you're having fun, so we must be having fun, you know. We stay busy, and uh, it can get stressful at times, trying to keep up with everything and, and making sure things right, doing all the things we do, especially all the things you got, Will. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we love it, and that's why we just keep doing what we're doing, and, uh, uh, you know, that's what we're here for. And, of course, like we said, next week we'll have a guest on again and that uh, will be announced as we get closer to the next episode. That is episode number 17 coming up next week as we prepare then for the last weekend officially of July. And a lot of different stuff going around happening the last weekend of July here. But then we go into August, which is notorious the hottest month of the year. Don't know how we can get any hotter than we are here in July, but uh, that's kids going back to school. Everybody's getting ready for that fall slump, I call it, because September, there's huge events in September. I don't even want to get there yet, but we're all excited for the World 3-Hour Championship. We know that's coming up. Um, But, you know, it's just uh, we're just going along here halfway through the season, over the halfway point. But uh, this is going to do it for today's episode of the Wild Will Throwdown. As always, we want to thank our Dirt 2 Media production crew for all they do. I want to thank the title sponsor, uh, Mr. Brandon Hooker and the gang of Diesel Boys LLC. Uh, going to have his commercial on before you know it here. We're going to have one made up for him. We appreciate him coming on board and supporting what we're doing and racing in general. But as always, race fans, we want to thank you and always, always, always support your local racetrack no matter where you are. For Will, uh, for Hawk Carrot Adams, I'm Will Greenwell, and we'll see you around the turn. <laughs>